Christmas 1917 A radio play by Bart Meehan To the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand, for the world's more full of weeping than you can understand. Did you hear that? Hear what? It's as quiet as a grave. I thought I heard a woman's voice. <laughs> you think it's a woman in the middle of no man's land on Christmas Eve, Sam? I'm not saying that, Sarge. I. I just heard something, that's all. Oh, well, go on then. Tell us what she said. It sounded like me mammy. Like something she'd read to me when I was young and me dad was at the pub. Oh, well, that explains it. It's your mammy come all the way from Ireland to tell you a story. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a great lover of poetry myself, son. There was a young man from the Somme who sat himself down on a bomb. He thought... "'Twas a dudden, but it went off right sudden, "'and he parted this life with a plomb. <laughs> <laughs> "'What do you think of that, Jacko? "'Is the shelling over?' "'No, they've just gone off for some pudding. "'They'll be back at it soon enough.' "'I don't like it. "'Feels like we're waiting for something to happen.' "'Your mammy's been gone five years now. "'The cough took her. Well, maybe it was her ghost then, Sam. Pick the right place for it, if it is. She'll have plenty of company. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it, son. 
All this quiet is bound to unsettle a man. Is there any of that tea left? Yes, I topped it up before. Look at this, will you? Piss-poor tea and hard tack. Now that's a tasty supper to have on Christmas Eve. I might go over and join the German for some of that pudding. I'm sure they'd be happy to share before they shot me. It was better last year. We had some mutton. And Mother sent me licorice and, and clean socks. Bloody lovely. I've been here for all of them. They said we'd be home for the first one. The Hun was a different breed back in fourteen. Half decent blokes then. We'd uh, yell to each other across no man's. Tommy, Tommy, you sing Mary, dear for us. And one of the lads would belt it out, a young fella from, from up north country. Beautiful voice he had. Oh, Mary, dear, a cruel fate has parted us. I'll hide my grief, even though my heart should break. <laughs> a beautiful voice. Then the Germans, they'd sing something back to us. But not that any of us could understand it. Knocked this and knocked that. But it was a fine way to spend Christmas, and after a while we all agreed to stop the warmth for a day or two. To bury the dead. That seemed the right thing to do. I remember there was, there was a fellow riding a pushbike along the trench lines with a top hat on. Lord knows where he found that. The rest of us went out and swapped cigarettes and the like. I, I, I was talking to a fellow from Dusseldorf. Well, not, not talking exactly. He couldn't speak any English. But he smiled a lot and, and kept saying, Dusseldorf, and slapping his chest. I gave him some woodbines and he gave me some German chocolate. Melted in me mouth. You played football, didn't you? Out there. Well, not me. I had a gammy knee. Twisted it, lifting shells in the rain. But I watched them playing and it was a thing to see. Not a crossword said. There's been plenty since then. It was a grand day. The thing I remember most is that after we buried the dead... We went back to our trenches and started lobbing shells at each other. A few hit the graveyard and blew the bodies right out of the ground again. Oh, it's gone cold. What do you expect, Jacko? It's been snowing all day. That's gone to my bones. I can't stop myself shaking. I don't care if it rains or freezes. I'll be safe in the arms of Jesus. I am Jesus' little lamb. Too, Too bloody, bloody right, right I am. <laughs> I, I don't know how you blokes put up with it. All this snow at Christmas. Back home we'd be down at the river swimming or playing cricket by now. Oh, it's a bloody strange place, Australia. Everything's back to front. First time I ever saw snow was here. I remember liking the way it covered the bodies and made the place look new again. The old bodies are half buried in the trench walls now. I've seen some of the lads hag in their canteen on a dead man's arm. It's cleared up. That's why it's cold. Clouds are gone and you can see the stars. I was just thinking they're looking at the same sky in Limerick. 
And London. Well, it's different down home. We don't have as many stars as you blokes. That makes no sense at all, Jacko. But they do. Go hide somewhere. Maybe sitting down to dinner now. A roast lamb. Big enough to feed the whole family. Uncles, aunties and all the cousins. It'll be a pig for us. We didn't have much when I was a boy, but we always had a good pig at Christmas. And potatoes, stacked so high you could hardly see over them. I was never one for vegetables, but I liked my spuds and cabbage. <laughs> my dear old mum was obsessed with sprouts. She'd serve them with every meal if she could. Convinced they had miraculous qualities. I couldn't stand the damn things. I used to feed them to the dog under the table. But they gave him terrible wind. <laughs> Mind you, I'd give anything for some of them now. My mammy fried them up in the pork fat, and we'd have them with black pudding and bread on Sunday before we went to Mass. Did you see that? Keep your head down, Sam. There'll be a German ready to shoot, whether it's Christmas or not. There was something out there, moving through the bodies. Oh, good Lord, man. First you're hearing things, and now you're seeing them. You haven't found a drop of the good stuff that you're hiding from us, have you? I saw something, Sarge. It was picking at the boys like a wild pig. There's nothing out there but the dead, son. And they're not moving till Judgment Day. I've heard stories about blokes who hide in the tunnels under no man's. Deserters who come up at night and steal off the bodies. Cigarettes and, and chocolate, anything they can find. load of old rubbish. I've heard that story too. Now think about it, man. How could they live in those tunnels? They're barely wide enough to wriggle through. And besides... Who'd want to be buried before they were dead? Well, what was it, then? Trick of the moonlight. Or maybe it was just the season. What's that mean? Marley was dead to begin with. What? what? Wait, I, I read that when I was a boy. A, a, a Christmas carol. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a, a, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you. <laughs> it's, it's a book, Sam, about a man who's visited by ghosts at Christmas. It might have been a ghost, then. Oh, or the banshee, Sam. <laughs> Maybe that's what you heard. <laughs> Don't make fun, Sarge. There's things in the world that no one can understand. Not even you English. My dad swore there were ghosts all around us. I remember him lighting a candle and putting it on the mantel and then telling us that every time the flame flickered a dead man had walked through the room. Stories to scare children, son. Well, maybe that's so. But I heard something once. There was a spot in the back of the graveyard outside the church grounds where they buried the poor babbies that died without being baptised. One night I was walking home and I heard them crying. The poor wee things, all alone there in the ground, crying for their mammies. Walking home from the pub, I'll bet. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, well, I've seen something as well, uh, back home. Oh, Lord, give me patience. Oh, well, go on then, son. Tell us your story. No, it's all right. Like you say, it's, it's just the season that gets you thinking about things. Go on. We've got nothing better to do until they start firing again. Well, um, 
It was back when I was a boy. My family are sheep farmers out bush, a long way from the city. Well, a long way from anywhere. Not much for the country myself. I like the bright lights too much. Well, I suppose some people find it too quiet, but not me. I like the way it sounds when the wind's in the long grass and how it looks as the light's going. Pretty as a picture. But it can be hard, that's true enough. There aren't too many years when everything goes right. Sometimes it floods, and then there are droughts, and after the droughts, there are fires. Ah, oh, you think it's hell here, boys? You wait until you see a fire tearing through dry bush. The trees exploding, animals trying to outrun it, birds flying out of it and being sucked back in. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. The worst was when I was about eight burned for a week or more and all we could do was cut back the grass and hope it had passed us by. Then one day I was out with my father and uncles cutting a break in one of the paddocks when I heard this screaming. I knew it wasn't human straight away and then when I looked through the smoke I saw this herd of wild horses that had been trapped by the fire. The poor devils were surrounded and they were panicked, rearing up and but then something happened. It was like they realised there was no hope and they all went quiet. They just pushed together and rested their heads on each other and waited. That's a terrible thing. Horses are fine animals. Finer than pigs and cows. I hate seeing them drowning in mud here. That look they give you before they go under. Bullets the only decent thing to do. We couldn't have shot them, even if they were in range. It, it all happened too fast. The, the fire jumped and swallowed them whole. I swear to this day I still smell that hair and hide burning. Anyway, after a few days the winds changed and the fire burned itself out. But for a long time I could still hear that screaming. My mother said it was just a bad memory. But then one night, when it was too hot to sleep, I went out onto the veranda and... Looking in the darkness, I saw this light moving through the bush. It was small at first, like a like a match, but it got bigger as it got closer. I heard the sound of hooves kicking in the dry dirt, and I heard the snorting. And then I saw them. They were puffing hard and running towards me, their manes on fire. They were running like the devil was chasing them. And then they, they were gone. You're just a boy. You imagine things like that when you're a boy. Maybe so. Oh, Jesus, how can a man live in this cold? Oh, can I have some of that tea, Sam? Sorry, Jacko. Sarge had the last of it. There's nothing left to boil off. Some of the lads out there might have a pack in their pocket. If we wait for the clouds to come back, one of us could crawl out and check. Not me. I told you there's something out there. That's all right. I'm not that desperate for a cup. You don't believe in anything, Sarge? My mum was a believer in everything like that, and there might even be a bit of the altar boy left in me somewhere. But these days I, I mostly take after my father. When he was sober and talking instead of fighting, he'd say... Show me the saviour, and I'll stick a thumb in his side. Then I'll believe. 
Don't get me wrong, son. I might not have much time for all that spooky stuff you're going on about, but I still have my own sort of ghosts, the ones that are there every time I shut my eyes, the boys I joined up with, young lads I hardly knew, here a day, then bagged and buried. They're waiting for me every night, lined up and ready to march. <laughs> Ah, it's all too morbid for Christmas, even for three fellows sitting in the mud hole in the middle of France. Let's talk about something else. Are you married, Jacker? No, but I have a girl waiting. You? I? Oh, yeah. I've a son as well. He's seven now. I'm hoping this bloody war will be finished before he's old enough to be drafted. How about you, Sam? Uh, there was a girl back home, but I was never game enough to tell her how I felt. I'm not that good with words when I have to speak to women. Except me mammy, of course, but she doesn't count. Her name's Nora, Nora Fry. I wrote her a letter telling her how I feel. It's going to be posted if I get killed. What good will it do then? Well, she'll know, won't she? That's important, isn't it? That she knows. Well, one of you fellas post it if something happens. Well, where is it? Here, in my tunic. Oh, it'll be ruined if you're shot in the heart, man. Put it in your pants. There's a lot less chance of you being shot in the arse. She's a real beauty. And she sat in front of me at Mass. I couldn't take my eyes off her. I suppose that's a sin. <laughs> Isn't everything a sin for you blokes? That's why we have confession, Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, boys, we should sing a song like we did back in 14. Maybe the boss will join in and we can finish this bloody war for good. We'd be home for New Year. It's a long road to Tipperary. It's a long road to go. It's a long road to Tipperary, to the sweetest girl I know. Is that your Nora, Sam? The yes. sweetest girl in the world? Yes, that's her, Sarge. Goodbye, Piccadilly. Farewell, Leicester Square. It's a long, long way to Tipperary, but my heart... Lies there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way, Sam. Come on, Fritz. It's your turn. Give us a bit of Lily Marlene, you bastard. <laughs> I don't seem to have much of a voice tonight. Polishing your buckles, are you? Got mit hunts. I doubt God's with anyone in this place. You know... I've been thinking about something. All this talk about ghosts and such made me remember a story I heard from a fellow in the Scots Guard. He was saying how he fell into a shell hole once during a charge and there was this other fellow sitting there, quiet as a mouse, staring into the dark. Well, the guard asks him if he's all right and the fellow says, Do you believe in ghosts? Now, the guard thinks that's an odd thing to be asking in the current circumstances, so he says, Do you? 
and the fellow looks at him and smiles. Yes, he says, and disappears. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need, son. A few good stories to make us laugh. Thing is, that's what got me thinking. About what? It's been quiet for a long time. Do you ever remember it being quiet this long? It's like the war's over. <laughs> and you, you think they forgot to tell us? It's Christmas. No one's keen to fight. Well, it's never stopped them before. Hey, go on, Sam. Well, I was thinking... What if we're dead, Sarge? What if we're dead and don't know it? Are you serious, man? We'd know if we were dead. No, oh, oh, I don't know, Sarge. I have heard you call these trenches the long grave more than once. <laughs> don't encourage him, Jacko. The Irish have too much imagination about this sort of thing as it is. We've all seen it. How you're here one minute and then you're gone. Who knows what happens after that? Maybe it's like this. Do you remember what you were doing before the shelling stopped, Jacko? Um, I was laying wire, I think. I was writing a letter. I know that. A letter home to my Ethel. Well, what about you, Sam? What were you doing? I was having my Christmas dinner. Some bully beef. Yeah, well, there it is. I had some of that, and, and probably you as well, Jacko. Well, well, that's all this is, Sam. Gravy, not the grave. You'll be fine once it passes through you. <laughs> Do you hear that? I will arise now and go. What are you going on about, son? You know, Sam, I think you're right. There is something out there. Take a look, Sarge. Not you as well. I, I just saw something move. A shadow. I'm telling you, there's something out there. It's coming towards us. What the hell are you doing, Jack? Christ's sake, Sarge, just take a look. It'll be daylight soon. Christmas Day. Blimey. Blimey, you're right. What the, what the hell is it? I don't... It's the Germans. That's, that's what it is, son. The bastards. They're trying to sneak across to no man's at, at Christmas, at bloody Christmas. Sam, grab your rifle and get up here. If I close my eyes now, I can go there. No mud and blood. No bully beasts and bullets. It's grand, boys. So grand. Sam, what the bloody hell are you doing? Get up here now, before... I hit him dead square, Sarge. Why didn't he drop? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I will arise and go now, and go to Innisfree, and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There, midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow. 
and evening full of the linnet's wings. Christmas 1917, a radio play by Bart Meehan, with Elaine Noon, Jared West, Geoffrey Borney, and Tony Turner. It was directed by Tony Turner. Down to the grass in the ringlet's spell, her glossy golden hair, a Shining bright by the dawning.